Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jade eggs, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. I am your host, Lacey Broussard. And I figured that since this is episode number one, there would be no better way to start off the podcast than to tell you my story. So I think a good place to start is why the heck did I name this podcast the Multi-Orgasmic Mama, right? So when I got the intuitive hit that this is what my podcast needed to be called, I was like, what the hell? No one is ever going to listen to my podcast if I call it that. I am going to get nailed to a cross. People are going to think I'm insane and I'm a witch. And I, I mean, God only knows all of my biggest fears around not belonging and not being loved totally came to the surface. And because it was an intuitive hit and because I'm absolutely all about uh, following your intuition and listening to your intuition. I was like, okay, apparently there's something here. Apparently uh, this is what we're going to name it. I don't know why. And when I told people about it, that that was uh, going to be the name of my podcast, to my surprise, I got the complete opposite reaction of what I had expected. People were like, that's the most awesome name for a podcast ever. Oh my God, I can't wait for it to come out. And so a lot of these fears uh, will lead me back to why I named it that in the first place, I think. It all has to go back to uh, my very conservative religious upbringing. I am from South Louisiana, a little town called Covington. It's about half an hour north of New Orleans. And I was raised in a very small, tight-knit uh, Southern Baptist community. And my life was extremely sheltered. And I grew up with a lot of guilt and shame around my body, my sexuality, what I was taught about relationships was so old school and uh, super contractual. And then when I was 17, I met this man who when I met him, it was like I had, like, a time didn't exist. You know, you, when you have those times when you meet somebody. And I didn't know what it was about or what it was for, but it was very profound. So when he abandoned and rejected me, like, a few months later, I completely shut down like all of the spark and the aliveness and all the good fluttery feelings that you get when you fall in love right especially when you're 17 because you've got the hormones raging with you um <clears throat> i shut down i could not connect to anyone or anything in fact i i moved to denver colorado uh like the day after i graduated high school and as amazing as that sounds, and as awesome as it sounds, and as awesome as I thought that it would be in my head, 
it was an absolutely measurable 10 years to follow. So I had no idea what was wrong with me. I could not make friends. I couldn't be social. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do the college thing. I went to college and had like no friends, couldn't even talk to people. Um, any sense that I might connect with somebody, I would shut down completely. And I had no idea what was going on, why I felt so unhappy in my life, why I was miserable and the relationship that I created shortly after uh, when I moved to, to Colorado. Um, I had met my kid's dad and he was a perfect person for me at the time because he was somebody that was never going to be able to connect on a deep, intimate level either. So I think I felt really safe with him. Uh, so, you know, I didn't realize that that was why I had attracted him at the time, but, uh, looking back on it and hindsight, right. Um, I totally see how he was a perfect person for me at that time. I admit I, I attracted somebody I'd never, ever really feel connected to. So I went through all of college and even after, uh, after getting my first job, just so unhappy. I kept looking for things outside of me to make me happy. Um, things that like moving around. Oh, if I just move here, then I'll be happy. Uh, I did a lot of moving in my, my early twenties. Um, so eventually I found, you know, I got pregnant and because I went to school to be a doctor, I was a pre-med student. I have a biology and chemistry degree. Uh, I did a bunch of rotations in a hospital with an anesthesiologist. And I had seen a lot of C-sections. And when I would go into the delivery room and you know watch this doctor administer the epidural anesthesia, um, I, would, I would watch the birth because he would have to be there the whole time. And it was so profound to watch this experience um, and not in a good way. It was very devoid of any joy. It was very devoid of happiness. It just like the woman was completely out and, and sometimes her partner wasn't even in the room with her. And it was ugh, like I didn't like the whole thing. I was like, wow, that's there's something wrong with this. This is what we call birth. I don't know. It didn't seem too exciting or definitely didn't seem like the happiest day of a woman's life to me, even though that's what you're told, right? So uh, when I became pregnant at 22 or 23, I immediately was like, absolutely not. I do not want my births to be anything like that. So I signed up to take uh, the Bradley Method natural birth course or something. I knew I wanted a natural birth. And literally two weeks into the course, I was like, oh no, I am not going to a hospital. You couldn't drag me there if, if, I, if I wanted. It would be really hard for me to go. Like if at all cost, if I did not have to be in a hospital, I absolutely did not want to be there. So I decided that I was going to do a home birth. And I had interviewed some midwives that did home births. And none of them really were driving with me. I wanted to be able to do my own thing. I wanted to be able to follow my instinct. 
And I just got the sense that even the one that I thought maybe she would just leave me be, uh, that she was going to end up doing things to me that I didn't want done. So around 37 weeks, I went to my third and final uh, prenatal checkup to see if my baby was breached because in my mind, literally the only thing that would have, you know, other than an obvious medical emergency, the only thing that I would have um, went to the hospital for was if my baby was breached. So I went at 37 weeks, he wasn't breached. I was like, all right, we're doing this at home and I'm going to do it by myself with my partner. And I don't want anybody there. Like, I just want to be able to, to have a free birth and to do what I need to do to get this baby out. And some people might call that crazy and insane. And you know what? All judgments aside, it was awesome. It was beautiful. It was the most life-changing experience ever for me. And it was what I needed. And I could tell you to this day that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's how my baby needed to be born. That's how um, it needed to happen. I had no doubts. I was not scared at all. It's just, I don't know. I, I can't tell, I can't explain it. I can't tell you anything more than I just knew that that's how it had to be done. So that's what I did. And literally at midnight on my baby's due date, my water broke. And I had him at 4.34 in the morning. So I didn't even start labor until around 2 a.m. And at 2 a.m. that morning, I was like, okay, yes, this is it. <laughs> and I had him at 4.34 on all fours uh, and on my living room floor. And it was so primal, so wild, so ecstatic. Like I can't even, it was the first time that I felt so connected to my body. The first time that I allowed myself to feel anything, it was like those birth pains cracked me open. They literally were like, okay, no more of whatever you're doing, Lacey. I know that you are, that you're scared to death to open up and be vulnerable and connect with anyone on an intimate level, but these birth pains are going to bust through all that and they're going to turn you into, into a different person because obviously I wanted to connect with my baby, I wanted to be intimate with my baby and have that, that motherly connection with him. And that's exactly what birth did for me. So it really set me on this path and this tra trajectory of healing from this um, really core wounding of not being able to connect with people because I was terrified I would get abandoned. So I uh, had him and then things started to shift pretty quickly from there. Uh, I started to become aware of what was going on with me. I, I started to become aware that, um, that I was not able to have the social life I wanted, that I wasn't able to make friends because I felt like something was inherently wrong with me, that it had nothing to do with other people. You know, I, I had to quit blaming other people for why I was so unhappy. So I started reading every single self-help book in the library. Um, I eventually did the Course in Miracles, which really, you know, I'm totally not into it now. But at the time, it was really helpful because I could relate to it from my very Southern Baptist religious uh, Christian upbringing. It was really relatable to me. Like, I, I could understand it. So I uh, started listening to Marianne Williamson, um, 
you know, all of these gurus that were, were out at the time around, what was this, 2008, 2009? And uh, Wayne Dyer, you know, became really fascinated with all of their work. And it just took me deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I had uh, decided that this relationship was not going to work out and that it needed to be over because I was ready to attract something else. I was ready to attract someone who I could connect with on a deep and intimate level again. And it was not going to happen with this person became very clear. And so I left him and literally a week later, I found out I was pregnant with my second baby (laughs) and it was not good news at the time. I was not happy about it uh, at all, but I decided that I was going to go on with the pregnancy and that I knew it was probably one of the worst decisions I ever made in my life. One of the stupidest decisions, but I got back together with his dad. And of course that didn't last. I, you know, being pregnant and vulnerable really got to me and I wasn't able to support myself financially at the time. And it was just, my life was a complete disaster at the time. So I had my baby um, in Denver, Colorado, and this was my second one. And I had planned a home birth with him, but I really did want midwives this time. I wanted another woman to be with me because I really didn't trust my husband. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to have that experience with him because deep down, I just knew that it wasn't going to work out and that we would end up separated or divorced um, shortly, very, very soon. So I wanted the midwives to be there. And I found some that I really jived with, Miss Julie Hughes in Denver, Colorado. Love you, Julie, if you're actually listening to this. And I, um, I had my water break two hours after getting off the plane from New Orleans to Denver when I was 34 weeks. So I took a plane to go see my family and then came home. And two hours later, my water broke at 34 weeks pregnant. And I wasn't quite sure if it was my water and, you know, back and forth conversations with my midwife. Um, after 24 hours, I was sure that it was amniotic fluid. So, um, being that midwives don't deliver premature babies, um, she suggested I go to the hospital. So that's what I did. I went to the hospital and I had my baby there. I had to induce my own labor. I knew I was very well aware of um, my condition and what would happen to me because I had talked extensively with my midwife, done a lot of research. Um, you know, so I, I had wanted to go to school for OBGYN. So yeah, I had all of these resources available to me and I went in knowing exactly what I would be faced with, um, what my, my options were. And I already knew what course of action that I wanted to take. So I knew that I didn't want to induce my labor with uh, Pitocin until we reached, you know, the 48 hour mark, then we could talk about it. Um, so when I got to the hospital, you know, it was confirmed, no amniotic fluid. So I asked if they would bring in a breast pump. So for six hours, um, I induced my labor with a breast pump. And when it started, Uh, It was very mild at first, so it wasn't like the first baby where it was just like a train wreck right from the get-go. You know, you have those contractions that just super intense right off the bat. You know, I never had that that lead-up with my first son. But with the second one, it was like 
you know, I could deal, I could deal with it. And then by the time it was like super intense, I literally had him in 30 minutes. So, you know, it was just like, I could go throughout the day and nothing was going on. And then all of a sudden, bam, there was one big contraction and he was out six contractions later. And because I was on all fours and the hospital, uh, labor and delivery room on the floor, uh, the doctors were like, uh, yeah, we don't catch babies in this position on the hospital. I was like, well, then you're going to have to find somebody who can, cause I ain't moving. <laughs> so they actually called in a staff, uh, nurse midwife to come catch my baby under the supervision of the doctors because the midwives can't, can't catch the babies on their own without doctor supervision if the baby is preterm. So I had him and it was an, another super empowering experience. And from that experience, I was like, oh my God, you know, like if I can be faced with some pretty tough circumstances right off the bat with my water breaking and him being premature and still come out with an amazing birth experience and story to tell, then surely, you know, I want to teach other women how to do this too. So I became a doula. And uh, of course, that relationship ended um, probably, let me think, maybe three or four months after I had my second baby. And I was so fine with, uh, you know, that relationship ending. I was ready for it after I had had him. And I got my old job back as a city planner back in Louisiana. So I moved back to Lafayette, Louisiana, where I stayed at my city planning job for about three months. And then I started working as a doula because uh, the job didn't work out how I thought it would. And so my life just kind of all fell apart from this divorce and this move. And right after the job ended, it was like everything was on. Everything I had built up in my life was completely done and over. And I was in a space of rebuilding my life from there and the complete mess that I had made of it uh, from the time I was 17 until the time I was 27. And when I was 27, um, I was single with a baby and a three-year-old, and I had no idea how to date. I had no idea, uh, you know, how to navigate dating in the world because I was literally with my kid's dad from the time I was 18 to 26. So it was like, Oh my God, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> you know, what, what am I going to do? And quite literally a miracle happened. I was working in a birth center, uh, delivering babies as a midwife apprentice and as a doula. And I was working one day and one of our former uh, clients came in to uh, say hi to everyone with her baby that she had had there about a year or two prior. And I started talking to her and she, she told me that she was a, a dating coach. And I was like, a dating coach? What's that? Like you help set up dates for me or something. And she explained to me what she did. And I was like, Oh, wow. I need you in my life. <laughs> so uh, she, she had a program called the courage kit. And this is Jennifer Burton for anyone interested in her work that I'm sharing with you right now. So she has a program called the courage kit. It's like a six week online program for, for women who are in the dating space and wanting to attract um, a long-term partner. And 
I, I was absolutely a sign up, a yes for that. Uh, I knew I needed it. I had no idea how to, how to navigate that game and I didn't want to play any games. I just wanted someone that um, could handle me, that could, that I could relate to on a soul level that I could feel connected to. I was ready for that again in my life. And so after doing that program with Jim Burton, uh, about three months later, I met my current partner now, my husband, uh, Chris. And from, right off the bat, it was lots and lots of attraction, lots of connection. It was uh, everything I had wanted. And uh, we've been together for five years now. So I want to go a little deeper into what's happened to us since then. So when I met Chris, it was, uh, he had two kids. I had two kids immediately overnight. We became a family of six, which was a huge deal. Um, lots and lots of added stress on the both of us, I think. And, you know, it was, it was pretty tough at, at first. It was pretty tough for those first few months uh, to just meld families, meld um, parenting styles. And, you know, with four kids, it was a lot. And at the time they were two, four, six, and 12. So it was a lot. And um, this whole time that you know, from being from the time that I had gotten divorced to uh, the time that I had met Chris, and after having my babies, it was like I was constantly looking for something in my life that would make me feel as wild and free and primal as when I had my babies. Like I didn't know how to recreate that in my day-to-day -day life, but I wanted to feel like that. I wanted to feel this wildness, this sense of freedom, this sense of ecstasy. Like I had experienced those feelings in my births, but I wanted that on a day-to-day -day basis. So about one year after being with Chris, I come across a Facebook ad that said, the title of the Facebook ad, it was for an ebook that said, uh, wild woman in the bedroom, how to uh, become, I don't know, wild and free and get rid of your sexual hangups or something. I was like, I saw the words wild, I saw the word free, and I was like, fuck yes, this is for me. I don't know what the fuck this girl's going to be talking about, like in the bedroom stuff, sexuality stuff. I don't care. I want to know how to feel wild and free on a daily basis. So I signed up to get this ebook and it was with my now uh, teacher, Layla Martin. And she, um, she was talking about in the book, you know, how women really crave to feel wild and free in the bedroom but yet it's something that's ashamed a lot by society is our desire to feel wild and free so i got on an email list and i don't think i watched all of her emails she had a, she has a youtube channel that's really amazing check it out if you never have and her videos would pop into my inbox every week and I would just watch them. I was like, Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I like, I liked everything she was saying. I was totally vibing with it. And then one day she sent an email about, um, signing up to, to take a business training, a B school with Marie Forleo. And, you know, if you signed up through her affiliate, affiliate link, then you would get Layla's uh, free or brand new Jade Pleasure course. So it was all about using the Jade Egg to kind of help open up your sexuality, ignite your sexual energy, um, you know, release guilt and shame around your body, your sexuality, all of that stuff. And I was like, 
I needed the business training because I was a doula with my own business and I really wanted to learn how to expand that into the online space. So I signed up through Layla's affiliate link to take B-School. Did B-School, loved it, whatever. Took Layla's Jade Pleasure class and from that moment forward, it was like no turning back. So uh, doing the Jade Pleasure class was one of um, the most amazing practices that I could do on my own for free without the direction of someone else uh, or without needing to go to a therapist or a counselor all the time. But I could do this practice on my own after I learned how to do it and learn how to connect to that wildness and that freedom that was already inside of me. And I had, because I had grown up with so much guilt and shame around my body, it, it literally took me like three weeks to even put the jade egg in. So a jade egg is, um, it's a, an egg shaped stone that's made of jade that you put up your vagina and it's like doing uh, yoga for your vagina. So there's lots of different uh, exercises that you do with it. You combine it with a meditation practice and it's, I've become a JDEG teacher since then. So it's a really extensive practice to open up a woman's sexuality, ignite her sexual energy and release any of the blockages that she might have around her sexuality. So as I started doing this practice, it started happening. I started uh, releasing the blocks and rec recognizing and becoming aware of all of the shame I couldn't even, I could, I could watch another woman have a birth. I could check her cervix, no problem. But when it came to touching my own or touching uh, my vulva or looking at my vulva, I was completely mortified and disgusted. And I hated my breasts. I hated my body. Um, I remember being 12 years old and just absolutely dreading getting boobs because I was like, ah, oh, God, if I get boobs then that means I'm going to be a woman back. <laughs> like, I did not want that. Everything that I was taught about being a woman was something to be ashamed of. So, uh, you know, with all of this baggage inside of my body, I just, I was like, I know I need this so bad. I want to feel free. I don't want to hate my body anymore. I don't want to hate who I am. This thing that like, it allows me to even be of existence. Why should I have to hate it another day? I don't want to. So even though I had such strong resistance to doing um, such an intimate sexuality practice with myself, I said yes. I said yes because I knew what I wanted and it was not what I had. So I kept going. I kept doing the practices. Eventually, it became easier. It became easier to just sit down and do it. It became easier to connect with me, to connect with my body. and. After about four months of doing a regular jaded practice, I think I woke up around three or four in the morning in one of those lucid states of sleep or something. And I just remember seeing like all of these shame demons, like all of this black energy just like leaving my body in a cloud of smoke. Like it was done. It was done. I, after that moment, I woke up and I never from that day forward felt an ounce of shame or guilt for being born a woman and born in a woman's body whatsoever at all. So it worked. I, from that moment forward, the amount of freedom 
and wildness and my ability to connect to uh, that primal part of me, that deep, deep, deep part of me that just wanted to be expressed so badly like it, like it could during birth. Um, it was like reborn. It was reborn inside of me. And I could allow myself to have that wellness and that freedom every time I made love with my husband. And so he noticed a change, you know, um, just the way that I talked about myself, the way I felt about myself was uh, just so different than before. And then we took an Epic Lovers course together. It's another uh, Layla Martin course. And the Epic Lovers course was a six week um, course that you do with your partner where you carve out um, once every other week, I believe, a time to do a three hour date night where she would take you through six different flavors of sexual experiences with your partner. So I think the first one was uh, maybe sensuality, a sensuality date night or something. Uh, there was a kinky sex date night, a primal or, or wild sex date night, um, an enlightened sex date night, and um, I don't know, maybe an ecstatic date night or something. But anyway, so we would do the, these date nights and she would teach different um, tantric practices and them, sometimes tantric, just sometimes uh, meditative practices, sometimes a communication practice, sometimes a connection practice. And from doing these six date nights with my partner, our relationship just went vroom, like it just took off in all the best places. And I never felt so connected to my partner. I had never felt so accepted and loved and safe with him. And I didn't even know that that was a possibility. So it's kind of like one of those things where you just don't know until, until you know, <laughs> you don't know what you're missing out on until you have it. And Layla became, you know, she just opened up my eyes to what relationship and sexuality can look like when, you know, we have so few, so few good examples of what a truly healthy relationship and sexuality can look like. You know, we live in this culture where, it's like every other week now there's some movie star or some CEO that's coming out with sexuality scandals and harassment scandals. Uh, we live in this culture where, you know, marriage, like what's the point almost anymore because of the, such high divorce rates. It's like no one knows how to do relationships anymore. And it's, yeah, I absolutely get it. It's no one knows how to do relationships the way that we've been doing it because it doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. So there is so, I knew that there was so much more to relationship. I knew that there was so much more that could be had in a relationship that wasn't happening because no one is taught how to connect with someone. No one, you know, we have so much fear around being vulnerable and opening up, especially men. You know, how do you get your man to open up to you? Like women will rant on this all day long about how they want their man to open up more to them. And it's like, well, they don't, they don't because they don't know how and for you to not attack them. So, <laughs> you know, there's this play that, you know, if we open up and get vulnerable, we might get attacked because that's what's happening with most people and most relationships. So what I learned with uh, the Epic Lovers course was that relationships don't have to be about judgment and attack. They can just be about 
allowing another person to be completely who they are and all of who they are and still love them. And to be able to hold space for them, meaning you don't have to reply to everything they say, meaning you don't have to judge everything they say. You can let them be whatever they are in whatever state they're in and still hold them and love them with compassion and kindness. And practicing these communication techniques that we learned in this course was just absolutely incredible for uh, our ability to hold space for one another in and out of the bedroom and just in our day-to-day life and our daily interactions with each other. So um, when, you know, working as a doula, I started to notice that when I would go to postpartum visits or uh, when I was working at the birth center, the, the women would come to do their postpartum checkup with the midwife and I'd be in the room and she'd, you know, give them the go ahead that they could uh, resume intercourse. And I just remember the faces on a lot of them being like, Oh my God, I am so not ready for that. Like that's the last thing I want to think about. And you know, it became like a reoccurring theme <laughs> amongst friends, amongst clients was like, Oh my God, I don't know how uh, I could possibly resume sex right now. Like it's the last thing on my mind. I'm in this complete survival mode just to keep my baby alive kind of thing. And, you know, I get it. Like I totally get that. Um, I have two kids myself. So, you know, in the very beginning, it is like that. It's like your body biologically shuts down desire because you need to pay attention to your baby and keeping your baby alive. Uh, But what I started to notice was that my friends and former clients would tell me um, a year or two later that like sex wasn't the same. Like they weren't being fulfilled sexually. They, they had no desire or very little desire or like they would just say yes to their partner just to get them off their back or that it became more like a chore than a pleasure. And I was like, what the hell? Like if all of these women, you know, had the tools and the techniques that I had been taught, um, that this would not exist. All of this unhappiness, um, all of these communication breakdowns, all of these, uh, this, this sexual shutdown that was happening after birth, uh, it wasn't coming back. Like the, the initial shutdown, sure. You know, it's, biology. (laughs) Got to keep your baby alive, but eventually it should come back and it wasn't coming back. And I really believe it's uh, a lot to do with a lack of um, a systematic rehabilitation process for women post birth uh, with their pelvic floor. Like a lot of it is just uh, physiology and biology, but so much of it and even more of it, I believe is um, a more of an emotional wounding, a more of a societal's uh, pressure or more of a societal conditioning that we don't even know what good relationships look like um, as a mom with kids. Like there's so much shame around moms being sexual in the first place. It's like, it, it's almost like an either or, like you either have to be a good mom or you have to be uh, a bad mom and have a great sex life or a good mom and check your sex life out the door because once you become a mom, that ain't acceptable no more, right? So I wanted to know how to help these women. I didn't know how to help them personally. You know, I thought about becoming a postpartum doula and I was like, that, that doesn't solve the problem. 
that I'm wanting to solve? Like, what's the solution? I, I needed a solution. And the, the postpartum dual thing was not the solution. So after I started questioning that literally a week later, Layla sends out an email uh, to let everyone know that she was opening up the doors to become um, for a certification program to become a sex love and relationship coach and that one of the big areas she saw a lack of women specializing in was with with mothers and helping them to heal their um, their sexual issues and I signed up for that course. Um, it was an application process. So I think 400 or so people applied and only about 160 got in. So I felt pretty, um, pretty awesome to have even gotten into the program and had the um, opportunity to obtain this amazing system of um, transforming people's lives. Um, she, Layla, you know, the whole first quarter of our program was doing uh, personal work and working on ourselves and through our own sexual issues and relational issues. And just doing that work on myself, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to become a coach, like a business coach or a life coach or whatever, and to coach people um, from a place of never really embodying it yourself, embodying the work that you teach yourself, because I feel like there are a lot of people that do that. And it's a whole nother thing when you are required to embody the work yourself and to practice it yourself. And I'm so thankful to Layla for making us do that because it truly became a lived transmission and experience for me to have to go through um, the same process that I'm teaching my clients. So uh, the second quarter was all about um, how to coach people through their relationship and sexual issues. And uh, the rapid transformation system that I, I take my clients through to heal their sexual wounding, to heal their relational wounding, and to give them actual tools and techniques that work, that work. They have homework, they have practices, they have communication practices that I give. This is not your typical sex therapy. It's not your typical couples counseling. It's not your typical any kind of counseling or talk therapy because a lot of our uh, sexual and relational issues don't get solved on a talk cortical level. So, you know, I, I could introduce the whole part of the three, the three part brain system here, but it might be a little over one's head cause it's kind of scientific, but, um, there, there's your cortical level. That's, in, you know, your frontal lobes that that's the space that gets activated when we communicate and talk to each other. And then you have a limbic system, which is your midbrain, which is, it kind of controls all of your um, emotions that you feel, the way that you feel inside. And then you have your primal brain, which it's really, your primal brain's only job is to keep you alive, right? Um, so what, what happens in sexuality and in relationship is a lot of what we get coded with gets coded inside of our primal and limbic brains. So it makes sense that when you go to counseling and to, uh, to talk therapy, that you're not going to solve your sexual and relationship issues doing that when they've happened on a much deeper level. So uh, what, what I teach and what I coach couples and women through is uh, giving them the tools and the practices to that speak to their primal brain and their limbic system that actually create true transformation 
and inside of the person and inside of the relationship container. And that's why it works because, you know, I've, I did couples counseling and it was the biggest waste of time and money. And I hear so many people that have done it too. And there's like, Oh my God, this is so, this is so, uh, shallow and you almost get a sense that you're being judged. <laughs> like I totally did. I felt like I was being judged when I went to go see a counselor. I was like, what the hell? Why am I paying somebody? I mean, if I want somebody to judge me, I'll just go talk to my parents. Right? <laughs> so, um, it was a complete waste of time and money. And so I just, I was searching for that thing that, that could really work. And this is why, uh, this is how I've, I've gotten to where I am today. You know, I want to share with you uh, the tools and the practices and the techniques that I've learned that really do work, that really do uh, speak to you on, on, a, on a level that's actually going to transform the way that you love, relate, and communicate to yourself and to your partner. And it's so key to change the relationship that you have with yourself first, because you're never really going to truly find a satisfaction in your relationship uh, with your partner until you find um, true acceptance and love for all of the parts of you. So self-love is a huge part of it. It's a huge part of the journey. And so the multi-orgasmic mama podcast got birthed out of this whole year long training that I went through, uh, to become a sex, love and relationship coach. And, um, be because I do the JDEG practice regularly and because of all of the um, personal work that I've done on myself, I've really opened up uh, my own multi-orgasmic potential, which is something that I'm going to be teaching you a lot about is how to do that. You know, um, I think the average time that a couple has sex is seven minutes and it really takes a woman about half an hour to really open up to her full orgasmic potential. So one thing we're going to be talking a lot about in the multi-orgasmic mama podcast is about orgasm, about sexuality, about how to talk to your man to ask him for what you want, um, how to have him slow down different techniques um, that you can use different communication techniques is so huge because I mean who talks about sex in their relationship I would ask you to raise your hand if you're in front of me and there probably probably would be very few of you that actually talk about uh, and that have a recap of your sexual experiences right after they happen uh, so when you're not getting feedback from each other about the sexual experience you're kind of left in the dark you know so uh, just even talking about it is something that so many couples don't even do. So this whole podcast is going to serve to give you these tools and techniques for free to help you uh, find that freedom and that wildness that you so crave because the things that we do crave in our sexuality are the things that we're most afraid uh, that we're most afraid of, you know, we've been taught by society that, that we can't have those things and be good moms too. Well, I'm calling absolute bullshit on it. And that's why this is the multi orgasmic mama podcast and not the multi orgasmic woman podcast, because there are more moms that get shamed for being sexual and being fully alive, vibrant and radiant woman than any other uh, group of women on the planet. So here's to moms. Here's to the fullness of your complete sexuality. 
ears to the aliveness and vibrancy and vitality that you will feel um, engaging with this podcast and listening in every week. And we'll be bringing on guests every other week. So every other week will be a guest. And um, on the, the off weeks will be just me teaching you different tools and techniques for your relationship to create epic relationships and um, epic sexual experiences for yourself or with a partner. So thank you so much for uh, joining in. And I hope that you will um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified um, each time that a new one gets posted. And I so look forward to interacting with you more.